0: Wasn't allowed to run the first.
1: <laughs>
2: How do we know it was a single? David Price went to go see Dr. Andrews, and he got a lollipop and a ten-day waiting period.
0: Yeah, th- this came up because he did a bat flip in the World Baseball Classic, and the ball didn't leave the park. <laughs> so and he was tro- like trotting out of like out of the box, and only got a single.
1: And welcome to Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 48, where we have recently learned that due to daylight savings time, Rob Manfred has announced all games will now be eight innings long. I am your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined, as usual, by Joshua Housem. How are you this fine evening, Josh?
0: I'm doing quite well, Gregory. You're not snowed in? No, it's not not snowing much here in Toronto.
1: Sweet. Uh, Not snowed in is the way we prefer to be around here. (laughs) <laughs> uh we have uh we have news about both the injured Devin Travis, the injured Josh Donaldson. Uh we're going to talk about Kendrys Morales and how his spring has worked out so far. Uh we're going to visit the sad team Canada at the World Baseball Classic and some other Jays connections. And then we're going to talk about one wild card that might make the team out of spring training, but uh you know, don't hold your breath on that. So first of all, I need to start with uh, an important recap. The Blue Jays are sadly five and eleven uh they remain seven games back of the yankees in this divisionless uh playoffless grapefruit league and i'm i'm really not liking their chances here josh
0: just doesn't really seem like there's gonna be a run this year it's kind of disappointing i I was looking to see them host that big (laughs) fruit and take a nice big juicy (laughs) syrup slip uh i screwed that up well yeah that's what happens when you try to make jokes about grapefruit league titles (laughs)
1: I would say that, even though I'm not a grapefruit fan per se, I would much rather win whatever prize it is for the grapefruit League than for the Cactus League. I feel like there's nothing cactus related that I would want to take home with me,
0: well apparently, if you're like really thirsty in a desert, they have water in them, so you know there's some value there
1: uh yeah, I guess uh still gonna take the grapefruit, <laughs> so in grapefruit League action, other than not winning very many games um Devin Travis and Josh Donald. Now, were they actually in a game? I just Minor wanted... league game. Uh, the minor league complex, which sounds yeah. like it would be really fancy, but of course it's not, is it?
0: No. No. So <laughs> they
1: got in a pretend real game, or is it a pretend pretend game, and they were allowed to swing the bat against live pitching.
2: Yeah. They, is,
0: they, this... they did... Don, Travis got a single and wasn't allowed to run a first. <laughs> I was gonna say how do we know it was a single because there was a <laughs> yeah. restriction. We have it was a single to right too, so we've seen guys get thrown out from the outfield. So
1: <laughs> especially if they don't run. Um yeah. did, they, did they actually use a ghost
0: runner? I don't know. I didn't see any details about that.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, uh
0: but D- Donaldson hit a home run. Four hundred and twenty foot bomb apparently according to Richard Griffin. So that's right. nice.
1: He has his uh, feet I mean, underneath him,
0: yeah, which is always better than not because then it means you're probably falling down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's you know Josh Johnson was always supposed to I mean they get into games this week. There's thoughts that he might even play in the real games. He probably will in the next day or two get into one of the actual grapefruit League games where they count. Travis probably <laughs> what, not what, for I'm a sorry, while. what
1: did they count for at that point?
0: <laughs> well they count for if you want to go on the DL? Ah, yes.
1: As you pointed out last week. <laughs> they
0: matter in that sense. Uh, Travis won't probably for that exact reason, just in case he's not fully ready so they can backdate his DL stint so he could basically come back any day because now that the DL is only 10 days long, he can come back within any day because he can backdate it 10 days.
1: Did we ever talk about that when we talked about the CBA?
0: Uh, I don't know. That was so long ago.
1: We got excited about a lot of other things in the CBA, but I don't think we got... So is, is it 10-day DL for everybody?
0: Yeah, and we did talk about
1: this. I feel like I, I wasn't there, and I remember hosting all these
0: shows. <laughs> or maybe I just <laughs> talked about it with other people. But yes, the 10-day DL it exists. That's all it is. That There's a 10-day 10, 10 disabled list. So there's no more of this Troy Tulewiski's hurt. He might go on the DL maybe for six games, and then he goes on the DL anyway. You just toss him on the DL, and you get him back in 10 days
1: which uh and i guess that works better for starters because now you could potentially have them only miss one start on the dl if you really want to juggle things and off days and stuff right yep well that's cool uh totally irrelevant to what we were talking about though so travis and donaldson they're doing well the other guy you wanted to talk about was kendris morales because he's new and shiny and as much as a dh can be shiny and new uh and he doesn't seem Especially to be a 34
0: year old one yeah <laughs> uh
1: any problems with the pitching so far
0: No, he's actually looked really, really good. You know, it's, again, spring training, so the numbers don't really matter or, you know, matter at all. But he had another big home run today. He's crushed one to right field, and I guess that was yesterday. Sorry about that. And he's he's matching this spring. I think he's hitting 455 with a 970 OPS or something stupid like that. But it's nice to see him coming and hit the ground running because he's going to be such a huge part of this offense.
1: Yeah, the the Jays have have put a lot of eggs in that basket, uh, so to speak. I don't know if that metaphor works, but yeah, he is going to be super important that he is both healthy and effective for this team because he is essentially Encarnacion's replacement, and every year Encarnacion put up some massive numbers for the past five years.
0: Actually, I was wrong. His OPS is Um, (laughs) 1.4. Yeah, I don't think that anyone's really expecting him to replace Encarnacion's numbers but I think the idea is that he combined with Bautista playing better can replace what the two of them gave last year, which I actually think is a reasonable bet.
1: Oh yeah. I, I'm not stating that he has to turn into Edwin Encarnacion, but he has to, again, he has to be healthy and he has to, to produce, you know, consistently over the course of the season. Um, yeah. And then they're tied to him for three years, even though he's not terribly expensive. Um, you know, we've seen that with Justin Smoke, a guy doesn't have to be terribly expensive to uh, affect the way a team builds around their position, <clears throat> so to speak. Um, can I can I segue to Justin Smoke now? If you want, Justin Smoke uh, sat down with an interview because it's, I guess, they're contractually obligated, are they, to sit down and explain how they're going to be better people this year? And he explained that he's not going to try and, I guess, hit his way into. The record books that he's he's going to try and put the bat on the ball instead of try and hit a three run home run every time, huh?
0: Why does it so take
1: he... players years and years?
0: Let's <laughs> <laughs> kind of do a question. It's like so you struck out nine hundred percent of the time last year, <laughs> and just now you're like, mm, you know, maybe I should try to hit the ball a little bit more. <laughs>
1: Uh, there was some discussion uh, that I sort of I looked into about the fact that the only thing that Justice Smoke does better, you know, than, than your typical replacement player is hit the ball very, very hard when he hits it. He doesn't hit it very often, which is the problem. But now I start to think, okay, does that mean he's not going to be swinging as hard? Because if that's the case, then his one notable skill he just threw in the toilet <laughs>
0: <laughs> well hopefully it just me uh you know what i don't know <laughs> I, I was going to say hopefully it means he's got like a more level swing but level swing isn't good so i don't know what the deal is he it's was talking
1: be... maybe about picking his pitch better that is not trying to get a hit every at bat trying to trying to you know and and that strategy i i understand has been espoused by a lot of good hitters is you're hunting for the good pitch you're not trying to make something happen because you've you know, you've only got three three strikes and you better swing at at least two of them to, you know, make something happen. It's like, okay, I could see that. But at the same time, it's just like you couldn't have done that in the middle of last season.
0: <sighs> this is kind of what the Adam Dunn problem, which he would take so many pitches. He'd walk a hundred times a year, but he'd always get himself into these two-strike counts and then people would throw him something nasty and he'd strike out. And that's what Justin Smoke kind of does. So if, if he can actually start just like, hey, hey, look at that, that first strike fastball, I'm going to hit that one instead of waiting for the curveballs down at my feet to swing at. That would be
1: nice. Yeah. Or even saying, hey, you know what? I, I do know that's a curveball and I'm not Superman and I can't hit that's it out, out of the I, That's not happening. That's I mean, and that's what it comes right down to is is the ability to recognize that. Right. Rajay Davis will tell you how, how important it is to recognize the breaking ball
0: outside. No. Yeah. Dave, the thing with Smoke is funny. Is if you throw that curveball or the slider that breaks down and into his feet, he'll take that. It's that curveball that starts in the strike zone over the middle and then goes down out of it. He swings at that every single time. And, you
1: know, he knows that, right? You know, he's watched the film so yeah expecting a some sort of revelation there is uh high high hopes for us uh you know what else is high hopes kevin pilar walking yeah which he has done it i believe someone said five times in the spring Two today Two two kevin pilar walks in a night was usually an indictment of the pitcher <laughs>
0: still might have been in spring training <laughs> you don't know <laughs>
1: Um, I actually have more faith in Justin Smoke being more selective than I do in Kevin Pilar being able to up his on base to something above average by by taking you know bad pitches and turning them into walks. Which do you have more know. faith in?
0: Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I've been watching this, and he has been taking a lot of closer pitches. I don't know if someone just said to him, "Finally, Kevin, stop <laughs> swinging at everything." <laughs> you know maybe they hoped his first few years in the career he'd figure it out on his own and they realized it wasn't going to happen i don't know but he's been doing it and if he can that'd be really good <laughs> i mean he showed that for a little bit in 2015 there was that stretch where he just stopped swinging at everything and he did really well you think maybe he would have tried to continue that into 2016 <laughs> didn't happen
1: so, uh yeah players players work on some beliefs that are obviously not rational you know it there's there's no other explanation. They're they're individuals, and in, I don't know. You, you ever had an argument with someone? You try and tell them something fifteen times, and then they're you know, your other friend comes by and goes, "Hey, you should really do this," and they go, "Yeah, that's a good idea." And then you're like, "I just told you that that was what you were supposed." To... Okay, fine. <laughs> just fine. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe he needs a, a different a different perspective. Someone who he didn't think was you know was going to tell him something about hitting, and maybe they did say something to him. I don't know. These secrets may go with Mr. Pilar to his grave, because I'm certainly not going to ask him. Uh, yeah. World Baseball Classic was the next item on the agenda. Canada. Uh, insert Funeral March here. <laughs> uh, they were 0-3 and out. That's-
0: and really, really bad showings in every game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, my understanding is they did not have good pitching.
0: <laughs> well, when you start Ryan Dempster twice <laughs> in a three-game set, a guy who hasn't pitched in three years says a lot about your pitching staff. Uh,
1: so we di- we all saw this coming, though. So, um, you know, I don't think there's a real... Is-, is it worth doing a post-mortem on?
0: Well, I think there was some hope that they'd be able to beat Columbia. And now I think they might have to qualify for the next World Baseball Classic because they went 0-3. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think that might be the case. That would be fine with me,
1: to be honest. If 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 something wakes up the the professional players that, you know, this is a tournament worth playing in by that point, that would be cool. Um, obviously, but the professionals
0: can't play in the qualifiers because they're held during the season.
1: Well, then we're really boned, aren't we? <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs>
1: Uh I don't know. I I is it wrong for me to cheer for the Dominican Republic every year in this tournament or every every time this tournament comes around? Kind of.
0: They seem to be enjoying <laughs> themselves. Like they're really It's good. get okay to cheer for them once Canada's out.
1: Well, that's pretty much the whole tournament anyway, isn't it? Okay. We're gonna get a probably a, a tweet about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> On the so what it's worth mentioning, I'm stealing your job for a second here yes. from this tournament is that Don Pompey, who needed to stay healthy, did not. Well that was easy. <laughs> uh, he slid too hard
1: into second base. Was that what I heard? Yes, he stole second. Yeah successfully. With his face. And his head. Yeah. <laughs> and he's now lightly concussed. It seems so rare that we hear about a serious concussion because it really doesn't matter how serious a concussion is. It's a concussion. It takes however long it takes. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully it doesn't take long.
0: Yeah, it really sucks because he needed to have a big spring training and even then he might not have wrestled the job from his Carrera, which makes no sense, but it's the way it is. But more importantly, he just needs to stay healthy all year to show what he is I mean last year was a lost season for him because he kept getting hurt if it happens again then how can anybody make any kind of bet on him
1: and one of his injuries last year of course included a concussion Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which yeah you don't want multiple concussions Uh, I know this isn't hockey but still you you don't want to show a predisposition to getting concussed do you uh yeah on the bright side Jose Bautista is uh, having a good time at the World Baseball Classic. He threw a runner out at the plate. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Why is it funny? Because he two-hopped to throw from shallow left field. There's only one hop. Yeah, only because the catcher was 15 feet in front of first base, making the tag, or in front of home plate, making the tag.
0: Yeah, it was not a great throw.
1: <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, Mount through threw so many. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's... That should have been on the fly. To me.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, so StatCast data, of course, comes in because it <laughs> likes to ruin everything. But uh, 88.6 miles per hour, which on the bright side, he only had two throws harder than that last year. On the not-so-bright side, that's not that hard for a throw from the outfield.
1: No, and if people are thinking, well, you know, pitchers throw 90 miles an hour, and I said, yeah, the pitcher is standing still and pushing off of one leg. Bautista has the advantage of launching his entire body, if he needs to, to get the throw down. So he should he should be over 90 miles an hour without even thinking about it, if he needs to throw as hard as he can possibly throw.
0: Yeah, it was not an overly impressive throw. It was a huge throw in terms of the game.
1: Yes, it, it, it accomplished wonderful things. And for that, I applaud the throw.
0: But not impressive.
1: Yeah, no. But what has been impressive was his bat. Yes. Joey Bats is still Joey Bats.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe Joey Bats again? Because last year, and Matt Gwynn wrote a piece on this at some point in the offseason. I think it was back in October or November. Basically pointing out that Batista's home runs last year were 20 feet shorter on average than they were the year before, which is a huge difference.
1: Oh yeah, and from that the hard hit metrics that that Statcast is coming out with, he went from like a top 10 player in all of baseball in 2015 to I can't find him on the list in 2016.
0: Yeah, and that home run that he hit off of was it Mullican for Team Canada was just a bomb. He absolutely crushed it. Just like some of his home runs in the spring for the blue jays over in dunedin he's been hitting the ball far which is a huge difference and really really nice to see
1: well and that's how you keep that home run to fly ball ratio which is the super critical thing for guys like donaldson and bautista because they swing with huge uppercuts same with trombo and and all those guys if you're swinging with a huge uppercut it it has to get out all the way out and and you know a little random variation you want to have a twenty-foot cushion on your home on your fly ball distance that still gets over the fence. You you can't be hoping for wall scrapers all the time. So yeah, I I hope he keeps it up.
0: I mean, all yeah, last day. year Bautista single-handedly kept our swinging a drive clips going because he kept hitting those those big swings that would fly <laughs> most of the track.
1: <laughs> and that's not so good. Uh, the other connection is Marcus Stroman, who was uh, shoving for Team USA
0: including striking out Mr. Bautista. So I've talked about this before, too, I think. One of the big things for Marcus Stroman, he has this incredible repertoire of pitches. His three fastballs have completely unique movement, and he's got the big slider. But his issue last year, and we definitely talked about this a few times, he would just go sinker, 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 and get ripped. He was throwing every pitch in that game, and he got at least two of his strikeouts, maybe even three with four seam fastballs up. If he's doing that, it's so big, and I think it could mean a really, really good year.
1: Well, one of the big uh, thrills about Stroman when he first came up, and this was an article over at Fangraphs, was each of his pitches—not just the fastballs—at the time they weren't weren't aware of the three different you know fastballs—but each of his pitches compared favorably to one of the best pitches of a you know like a top ten starter in baseball. He had a great. He had a great sinker compared to other sinkers. He had a great curveball compared to other curveballs. He had a, you know, on and on. If he if he just locks himself in and doesn't understand his repertoire, big problem, um, which, like you said, is where he got where he got hurt, was not having confidence to throw that whole repertoire.
0: Mm-hmm. And he started doing that towards the end of last season, and his numbers improved. So if he does that all year, I think it could be, you know, we could see the Marcus Stroman that we thought we were going to see last year.
1: Do we have you Darvish 2.0? No. No. Because you don't have that. He's not going
0: to strike out like 240 guys.
1: Yeah, you don't have that 97 mile an hour heater uh, quite. Not that I am complaining about Marcus stroman because I'm not. Because I'd really like him to be the breakout candidate in the rotation, because I think everybody else has already broken out, haven't they? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. All right. Last thing for our pre interview chit chat we have the Dark Horse Bullpen candidate of the week. Give us a name.
0: So I've mentioned him a few times, I think, now. And I when I was on Effectively Wild this past week, previewing the Blue Jays, I talked about him as well. Tim Maza. Apparently not the only one who's noticing. I mean, there's lots of people who ignore noticed now as well. But Mark Shapiro was on Primetime Sports. And they asked him, is there anybody that could break with the club that we're not thinking about? And he basically said, no. But maybe this one guy, Tim Maza. And he talked him up. It's like, you know, throwing mid-90s power slider lefties have no chance. It sounds like he's probably not going to break camp with the team just because they have a bunch of guys who are out of options. But that they're expecting him to be a factor this year.
1: And we hear this every spring, but it is fair to remind people that uh, it is never a seven-man bullpen for six months, and it's the same seven guys, ever, for so many
0: reasons. Uh, Yeah, if you're under 15, something weird has probably (laughs) happened.
1: So if, if you consider that this guy has raised himself into the top 10 arms in in the relief uh, part of the organization, you're probably going to hear about Tim Mesa before, oh, I'd say July, um, just like before you know it. Yep. So before you know it, uh, it's come time to talk to our friends over at Bird's Eye View Baltimore. Uh, we've got Jake joining us tonight, and we're going to talk to him about the Baltimore Orioles potential this season coming up right after this. And we would like to welcome back to the program, Jake from Bird's Eye View, Baltimore. Jake, welcome back. It is uh, 2017. How you doing?
2: Uh, I'm doing just fine. Baltimore just got blasted with what turned out not to be a blizzard. So things are all good. Excellent. Excellent. So you probably have to go to work tomorrow is what you're saying. Yeah, you prob- probably. They prefer it when I show up. Oh, so. Uh,
1: Love concept. I'm going to start uh, by annoying you with the throwback, uh, but maybe not the throwback in the way you thought I would. How annoyed are Baltimore Orioles fans at the Zach Britton
2: joke? Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It depends. it depends on which ones they are, because some of them are really still fired up about it, and uh, some of them moved on because they're, you know, like uh, emotionally stable. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I just can't just, believe it. It just
2: depends a... on the day, guys.
1: It just depends on the day. It hasn't died yet. Every so often, it's like, oh, there's Zach Britton still in the bullpen out in Toronto.
2: <laughs> you know, it's really funny because uh, we have an event every year called FanFest. I'm sure you guys have the same type of deal uh, where it's nope, uh, a for the, the... No, ours got canceled. No. Oh. Our, our ownership oh. doesn't like um, these sorts I of mean, things. I mean, we don't have an event, it's no good. <laughs> Um, but last year when we had this event, uh, there was this very like death pallor of will they, or won't they sign Chris Davis and the fans were, I wouldn't say openly hostile, but somewhat openly hostile to the team. Um, and so this year it was starkly different because the event happened right after the Orioles had signed Mark Trumbo, which many fans were happy about. And it took the fans a full 22 minutes during the question and answer period with Buck Showalter and Dan Duquette to get to the infamous Zach Britton discussion. So I think we're making progress, guys. I think, I think hearts are healing all around Birdland. Um, and for those that can't let it go, well... There's always tomorrow's disappointments.
1: (laughs) You sound pretty Uh. stoked for the upcoming season, as it were. So we we were trying to look for big free agent signings, uh, and Josh gave me two names. You gave me uh, Wellington Castillo. Uh, Yeah, and
0: the trade of uh, Gallardo for Seth Smith.
1: Yeah, it wasn't even a signing. This is a trade. So did we miss one, Jake?
2: (laughs) Well, Uh, not not really yeah we brought we brought uh mark trumbo back look i really think that this orioles team is basically where you left it last like when last we left our intrepid heroes almost being good enough for postseason play that's that's where we are today as well um and the thing about the baltimore orioles is that they're incredibly frustrating to watch because they are probably you know they're probably a middling to good team that has this way of pushing itself into contention every year, um, and so as unsteady as they look in oh just about any department that you try to look at, um, when when we get to the brass tacks in in late September, they're probably going to be in the discussion.
0: Well, unfortunately, we have to go into those middling departments.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, I I have no fear. Uh, the The closets are are all open for you, gentlemen.
0: <laughs> oh, we appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, so, obviously, not the best news to start spring training. Tillman is hurt, and you still have Wade Miley and Ubaldo Jimenez in the rotation. How much is this team really going to ro- rely on Kevin Gaussman and Dylan Bundy making some kind of improvement this year?
2: Well, that's really what it comes down to. The thing is, is that every year we say to ourselves, God, how is the rotation this bad? Uh, <laughs> and every season it feels like they're even worse than we realized in spring training. Um, and yet somehow we find a way to make it not quite matter as much as, as we would think it, it, it has to, uh, will they depend on Kevin Gosman? Absolutely. I, I don't think that there's as much excitement about Dylan Bundy because there's also the terror of his right arm, just disintegrating in front of our eyes. Uh, remember this is a guy who, um, Threw really really hard from basically the womb and uh, Had an injury and at this point he hasn't built up the kind of innings that gives us any kind of feeling that he can be a Pitcher that goes 180 innings uh, from a starter role So we need to depend on Dylan Bundy and I think any Orioles fan that tells you that they are really confident in Dylan Bundy Not just making that next step, but uh, Surviving to tell the tale by the end of the season is fooling themselves Very honest
0: and and what is the outlook on Tillman? I, I've heard that he's hurt, but I don't know much beyond that.
2: Yeah, well, here's, here's, um, here's being an Orioles fan. Are you ready for this? <laughs> All right. Um, Hit us. <laughs> David Price went to go see Dr. Andrews, and he got a lollipop and a 10-day waiting period, and he'll probably dominate the league. Uh, Chris Tillman had a, a shoulder soreness and then another setback. And then another setback. The world is simply not fair. Um, I don't know how big a deal the Chris Tillman shoulder in, uh, situation is. I, I know that he's not going to start the season. The question is, how many meaningful innings is he going to give us before the All-Star break? Um, and that's a, that's a kind of concerning question because, you know, you talked about the rest of the rotation that the Orioles have. They've got Gosman, They've got Bundy. They've got uh, Miley. They've got uh, Abaldo Jimenez still and after that, the depth is not really that impressive. It's a bunch of 4A guys, if you're going to be generous and give them the last A. So um, how how bad does that hurt the Orioles? Well, it, it hurts the Orioles real bad. But again, uh, it's the darndest thing. Every year, the rotation is a mess. And every year, they manage to cobble it to, together just good enough to be relevant. Well, I mean, it seems like part of that is just the fact that the team has a
0: wipeout bullpen. I- is that sort of something you feel is sort of a strategy in the building of this team? Well, we don't care so much about the rotation as long as we have O'Day,
2: Brock, Drake, Givens, or whatever, leading to the all-star Zach Britton. Well, we do have gifted guys in the bullpen, and that, that certainly does help. And yes, that is the strength of the team. But I really think what what makes the Orioles survive these things that they that keep happening to them is the fact that uh Dan Duquette has basically said, damn the torpedoes, and he's he's wiped out the minor league system in order to be, you know, what the winning this team in the AL over the past five years um with one deep playoff run to his name. Um but what he does instead is he stocks that top layer of of the minor league system with hasbins and spare parts that he can flop in and out uh during the course of the season. And his 40 man roster management is just exquisite so really the thing that sets the bullpen apart is the fact that he can shuttle a lot of players down between triple a and the majors and get meaningful innings out of guys that have no business being in the majors like i'm not sure if you guys remember uh, a guy named Chaz rowe who for like two solid weeks in 2014 had the best slider in baseball and like and is deep. now backing Right, right. And is now like bagging groceries or something, right? So um, the, the thing that really makes the, the, the team click, the thing that covers the warts, is the fact that Duquette can find these diamonds in a rough, know that they you know, have a, a good two weeks worth of worth in them, um, and then swaps out the parts and, until hopefully somebody who's actually talented can reto- recover enough to play.
1: So if the team is, is not winning with the starting rotation, and it's it's uh, the magic of roster manipulation to get the bullpen to work, I, I would think that you also have to put a lot of weight in, in this lineup. Um, they brought back Trumbo, they're paying a lot of money to pay Chris Davis. Uh, how do you see this team as compared to last year with its ability to slug its way to some victories?
2: Sure I mean I think to a certain degree The Orioles are kind of in the in the position where they got To dance with a girl that they brung uh, Which is the power uh, they've Obviously committed to having a lineup that can slug It through um, you mentioned Davis and you mentioned Trumbo two guys That I personally like rooting for but Wouldn't have brought back if it were me Signing the checks um, yeah and, and the other thing to keep in mind is that uh, Adam Jones is no slouch in the power department Manny Machado is really developed into Into a power bat and you go up and down the lineup And you have guys that can, can hit for pop, um, the interesting thing is whether or not the Orioles have done enough to bring some on-base capabilities into this lineup uh, to put some guys in front of of the power hitters. Seth Smith um, and Hyunsoo Kim are two guys that are going to be interesting to this lineup to see if they can get on base often enough um, to to take advantage of the fact that we can swing it into the seats. J.J. Hardy is another guy who's who's kind of on the downside of his career, but if he can have a decent on-base uh, season. Um, you know it it could be a real boon for us at the bottom of the lineup to turn it back over to to the big boys uh yeah the the Orioles are absolutely going to depend on their power but as we've seen from you know 2012 on that power is incredibly impressive and fun and entertaining and then when it disappears for a week or two it really really hurts to watch
1: and that reminds me actually of the, the 2010 Blue Jays who Just mashed home runs, and by the end of August, people were like, well, that's great, but you don't do anything else. Um, Or the 2016
0: Blue Jays. (laughs) Well,
1: yeah, to a a lesser extent, yeah. Um, Who who is leading off for this team, and should they be leading off for for the Orioles?
2: I mean, what are you doing on on April 3rd? Because it could be you. (laughs) Um, My on-base skills are questionable at best. (laughs) Then you could be an Oriole. That is that is a natural. No natural power fit. though. <laughs> also a weak spot. Uh, right. It, it could be. It could be Kim. Uh, it could be. Uh, it could be anybody really. Um, they had Adam Jones do it last year, which is such a poor fit. Um, but if if I had my druthers, I would say I would say Kim. Well, it's
0: actually interesting you are saying that because one of the strange issues for this team last year, despite guys like Machado. Trumbo, Scope, Hardy, Jones, all hitting from the right side, is they struggle heavily against left handed pitching. And there's a good chance that they're going to see Jay hap on opening day, just based on the way the schedule lines up. What What is the outlook for this team? Is that, was that an aberration, or is that something you expect to be an issue again?
2: Yeah, I can't figure that out. I mean, you know, the book says, throw all your righties at it, and suddenly lefties are not going to be a, a problem. Um, and yet we do. And, and the Orioles lineup is, is such a conundrum to watch because... A lot of times it's not the aces that give this lineup the problem. They they handle they handle the number one, number two guys just fine and turn uh, you know, spot starters and guys making their major league debut into Cy Young. Um, so I, I don't know what to tell you what the deal is with with not being able to face lefties i hope it was an aberration uh but i guess uh, you know april 3rd will go a long way to determining what the 2017 team is going to look like uh against the southpaws just quick before greg takes us to the end we
0: had the same problem last year the name ryan Merritt is still like a swear word to us here.
1: (laughs) i don't even know what he looks like and i don't like him Uh, (laughs) um That's that's how little time we spent with Ryan Merritt, and he still ended our season. Uh, So we've reached the part in the program where I ask for two things from our guests around the AL East. I ask for a prediction of of how many wins your team might have, and then I ask similarly where they're going to end up in the division at the end of the regular season. So, uh, my good sir, what do you have in your, your crystal ball for the Baltimore Orioles?
2: Um, well, let me just say that you know I've I've spent some time crapping on my own team here this evening, but despite the fact that I'm I'm very honest about their warts, I, I do think that they're a decent team, and when I say decent, I think that they're in that AL East um, clump of teams that are pretty good. Um, among which one or two need to cement themselves and really prove themselves in order to make the playoffs. So let me answer your questions in reverse. I think the Orioles will end up in the second spot in the AL East. Um, I don't know who will beat them out for the, uh, for the AL division, um, but I, I think that the Orioles are probably headed back to the visiting spot in the AL wildcard uh, game, uh, based, again, upon the fact that they're basically the same team that they, they brought back last year. Um, so what does it take? To be the AL wildcard team. I don't know. Probably somewhere between 86 to 89 wins. Um, so, do you need to pin me down further than that?
1: uh We can leave it there. We'll, we'll, we'll take uh, it. Yeah. We'll, we'll just draw a big smudge over the number after the eight. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well, no, take yeah. it upside just down. The six to-
2: is a good nine. <laughs> <laughs> tell them i coughed i coughed
1: yeah he coughed when he He, predicted it was it was high 80s we would definitely know it was high 80s beyond that does it really matter Uh, all right so we have a wild card prediction from the wild mr jake of bird's eye view baltimore who we can find on twitter at uh
2: bird's eye view b-a-l
1: all right um good follow they have of course their own podcast that uh that shoots out whenever they feel like it is that the schedule you're on these days
2: you know it, it was during most of the off season, but once spring training start out we're uh, we're back to weekly
1: all right serious weekly podcast business at bird's eye view baltimore check it out um <laughs> always fun to have you along and uh, i'm sure we'll talk to you during the season
2: gentlemen the best of luck but uh, but not too much luck
0: uh,
1: right back at you
2: yeah that's the theme of these ALEs. <laughs> <previous. laughs>
1: Ah, good time as always. Uh, That's like the second interview we've had where someone has, has, although been, you know, a fan of their team, they've been shockingly realistic about their team's chances.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not hard when you watch, if you watch that team all year, just like, my God, there's so many (laughs) flaws.
1: It must be really hard, I would say, to be in the media and just talk the team up all the time. You know to work for the team or because uh, they're inevitably saying positive things all the time even on horrible teams
0: or you um, can be like the Jays media like their announcers and just talk up the other teams
1: yeah just ignore the team you're playing <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness we well, should have Buck
0: on to preview the Orioles well Manny Machado <laughs>
1: <laughs> alright before we head too far down that road I think we have something else we should be
2: doing
0: time now to hear from our listeners that just seems silly
2: Here are the rules First I ask a question Then you ask a question
1: Now how does that sound Sweetheart Could you repeat The question please I haven't even said The first question How can I repeat The question Uh, Okay (laughs) Uh, We will start With Birdwatcher At Birdwatcher88 Do you think They started watching The Jays in 88 I don't know In your opinions Plural If Team Canada Had all of their MLB players at WBC How do you think They might have done do you want to go first? Uh, Well, who are all of the players who w- we would need to say it's so all of the players?
0: Yeah. Here's who wasn't there. Joey Votto. Saunders, Laurie, Martin, Votto, and then on the pitching side, Jameson Tyone and Paxton.
1: Uh, I still don't think we get out of that round.
0: I don't know. I mean... Tyone and Paxton can really pitch and they can take you over. they can steal a game, both of them. And then having those guys bats, they might hit a home run here or there or do something. But getting out of the round with USA and Dominican Republic, still probably not. You're right.
1: <laughs> but then you'd but, be complaining about the, the teams you were up against, not the actual team itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they probably beat Colombia, and they might have put up a fight. I mean, they've they beat the U.S. before and almost beaten them the other two times they played them, so they'd have had a shot whereas they had no shot this time
1: yeah they forgot the stars part of the stars and scrubs and uh the stars would have definitely helped they, they, yeah but we're, we're gonna go i thought we both agree getting out of the group would have been hard but it would have looked like they could get out of the group yeah at least on paper all right what do you got for hit me with something
0: all right so this one comes in from bruno Cavolo. <laughs> I cannot believe how many
1: Raptors players are into this podcast. Do you think maybe one of them brought it into the... Cl- oh, wait. Wait,
0: this is... is this that the same again. name. <laughs> I so, keep hoping. they just share the Twitter account. It's still them. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Pass it around.
0: <laughs> Does Travis hitting today make it likely he'll be on the opening day roster? Also, any March Madness picks?
1: Uh... First answer is I, no. I don't think so. I think they're going to slow play this to to death. I do not think he is the opening day second baseman. I don't think they've even hinted that he would be the second opening day second baseman. Uh, and I would like to pick Duke. Is is it possible to pick Duke?
0: That's actually who I'd pick too. So all right, yes. Well we're going uh, Duke. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, just regards to the question. I wouldn't say it makes it likely, but maybe more likely the fact that he's at least doing something baseball related now. But I, I'm with you. I still think he's probably going to start off on the DL.
1: And then we have a follow-up related question from Jim Albertson at Jim Albertson10. Welcome to the podcast, Jim, because I don't think you've asked a question before. Is Devin Travis the long-term second baseman of the Blue Jays?
0: Yeah, I think he is. You know, like, so we talk about him being injury prone, right? He's really actually only had two injuries to his shoulder and to his knee. So, it's a very good chance that he could get past this. And he just, he has the talent to be a long term option. So, I would, I would say the odds are heavily in the favor of it being him.
1: And at the moment, barring a trade, who else is there?
0: Well, I guess Lord Guriel theoretically could become that guy at some point, Ooh. but it's still Travis.
1: Fair. Next question. You have to read it. But I bet I can't dodge the answer. <laughs> <laughs> as Greg learned how to pronounce Roofned. Ned. Um, well, I've stopped <laughs> pronouncing it with an F and I've decided I'm going to pronounce it with a G H, which, as you see, is also not there. <laughs>
0: Full disclosure, he when he was first reading this, he actually did say Rook Ned, but I guarantee the next time that Ordor actually comes up on the podcast, it's going to, Greg's going to call him Rook Ned.
1: Yeah. I like how I like. It's just true. Um, Yeah, he also- This came up.
0: Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, th- this came up because he did a bat flip in the World Baseball Classic and the ball didn't leave the park. <laughs> <laughs> so he was tr- like trotting out, like, out of the box and only got a single. <laughs>
1: Oh, did anyone punch him as he slid into second base?
0: No, nah, he'll be punching himself tonight.
1: There's a picture. Uh, <laughs> Brian <laughs> A. at big underscore B underscore SR. asks, who is the player you want to see succeed the most this year and why?
0: I think the answer to that is Bautista. Because one, he's Jose Bautista and awesome and Blue Jays legend. And also because if he does have the kind of success he's had before, the Jays will probably do very, very well.
1: This is true. And I was going to pick Bautista, but now that would just seem to be an effort to shorten up this whole segment. Um, Who do I? (laughs) I, I'm going to go with Aaron Sanchez. Huh. Uh, I think I think another strong season out of Aaron Sanchez where he remains healthy and his arm can take uh, this wear and tear that everyone was so worried about, I think that would really cement his place as uh, a long-term star with the Blue Jays, and I think that would be really cool.
0: I like it. All right. So this is from Luke at Split Letters. Do you think we'll see Anthony Alford in the bigs by the end of the year?
1: They didn't put Split Letters on the spring training uniforms yet, did they? <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> um, no I do not think we'll see Anthony Alfred in the bigs by the end of this year
0: no I don't either the only way I could see it happening is if at the end of the season they bring him up as a pinch runner because he's very fast because he's already on the 40 man but yeah uh, no, gonna... yeah but you can always have a second guy he's on the 40 man so there's no harm in doing it right but yeah, so I... I could see that but I don't think he's going to play
1: no uh, from Skeeter at Spez Baby, how much cash would the Jays have to include to get Colorado to take smoke?
0: So this came up because their big free agent first base signing, Ian Desmond, which we Does talked not about baffling when they did it. <laughs> it's just... He's injured, and he's going to have some surgery, and he's going to be out for, I think it's like 68 weeks or something like that. So this is why this has come up. I don't know, maybe the Jays, I don't think they want smoke. But if they did, I think the Jays would probably have to toss in a couple of million. And I mean, the contract isn't awful in terms of its value for what he provides. It's just not good.
1: I'll leave that one for you. I, It's just a weird situation. It's uh, yeah, so probably
0: half the contract, would be my guess.
1: All right. Next.
0: All right. So this comes from Anchor Bordelia at The Real Anchor. Over under eight and a half starting pitchers used by the Blue Jays in 2017.
1: Under. I'm I'm under. Fingers crossed. God, I
0: hope so. I, <laughs> because I remember that season. Time.
1: What did they use, 12 in 2013 or
0: 13? Yeah. Last year was amazing. They only used seven starters, and it was two starts from Drew Hutcherson. The other six were all healthy because they added Liriano. That does not happen very often.
1: No. I mean, I remember Cincinnati did five pitchers for all but... I think the last game of the season or something, they used a sixth pitcher just because of the way something had been scheduled, but they went five. And that was like a modern miracle, uh, a few years ago. So every time something like that happens, you get talked about. So, I mean, you definitely, you expect to use seven or eight. I don't think you want to know who the ninth guy in the depth chart is. Yeah. Yeah. Basically that's, we're just being hopeful on the under, (laughs) uh, Hey, back to Skeeter again at Spez Baby. Honestly, how good did Jose look at, in left at the WBC? Uh, you're gonna have to answer that one.
0: Well, we already talked about it. Not as good as the reports. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looked good. He was, you know, he was reading the ball fine and better than he does in right field. But the throw was overrated. Overrated. Um <laughs> final <laughs> question. You wanna launch that one? Sure. This is from Quinn, sweet sir. Beyond the obvious ones, what's your favorite Blue Jays moment?
1: So we take out all the postseason home runs and
0: and uh, yeah, let's say regular right season moment. Um, that's a tough one. Yeah, no kidding.
1: So I would say, I'd say Roy Halladay's return as a Philly to the Dome as as far as one that goes recent memory that really sort of stands out for me. Because mm-hmm. that, you know, the the giving him a standing ovation, paying him respect, and then beating his behind anyway. But it was, I mean, <laughs> that's awesome.
0: <laughs> so for me, there are two: one, the Delgado four home run game, because that was really cool on the last day of the season. But the bigger one for me is the Burnett Holiday game when when Burnett's first start back as a Yankee, mm-hmm. and he and Holiday went toe to toe, and Holiday threw a one hitter and just dominated the yankees and the crowd was so loud booing Burnett. it was
1: amazing <laughs> and that was in my mind uh i didn't steal it from you because i'm psychic I appreciate and, that. yeah exactly you throw that one out there
0: and thus but, we,
1: uh, oh go ahead but just
0: before we move on i would love for anyone listening tweet at us tell us what yours are because i'm actually really curious about that
1: your favorite regular season moment that would not show up on the uh Year-end highlight reel of greatest Blue Jays moments of all the time, maybe, uh, maybe just a game that you were at that really stands out in your mind because you were at the game and something special happened. That'd be cool too.
0: Yeah, at Turf Pod.
1: Always at Turf Pod. <laughs> so uh, that brings us to everybody's favorite opportunity for repentance.
2: Oops! I said the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet.
0: <laughs> but what if you could do it all over
2: again? but
1: what I really meant was... Uh, we've got two. We've got one for our local team and their social media department. How big do you think the social media department is at the Toronto Blue Jays headquarters?
0: Uh, two people? <laughs> one person?
1: <laughs> that would indicate one person would be able to run something by someone else and have it rejected. <laughs> Yeah. So so they decided to use a hashtag uh which has Let's been rise. Used, Let's rise. Uh which has been used many many times by many many other people and organizations apparently.
0: Which is actually the current slogan for Western Hotels.
1: Maybe there's a tie in they're not telling us about that could be the problem. Uh okay. And then but the
0: hotel is the Radisson. So I don't know. <laughs>
1: uh and then just to double up on that they came up with this uh, meme template because that's how viral things work is you you tell people how to meme
0: yeah so what's really funny is they put these suggestions like there were like 10 things pick from these and put them on the on the background it's like that's not how memes work (laughs) you don't you, you don't tell people what to do so what ended up happening is people were taking it and making fun of the team using the chosen background. <laughs> of course that was going to happen. How could they not see that coming?
1: If if you followed the Bodie McBoatface debacle that was the online contest, you should know that anytime you let people come up with submissions and you're trying to be serious about it, that's just not going to happen. It's the internet. the the non-serious people far outnumber the serious ones or sincere ones but they especially
0: do this when you try to tell them what to do
1: yes yes if you tell people on the internet to color between the lines they will they will color whatever is not in the lines as brightly as possible that's how it works (laughs) And, and i don't know where in your social media department you are that you don't know about that but there's your tip of the day uh just just let it do its own thing and then you pass along what other people have done and that's where the passion comes out. Exactly. All right, so that's the do-over is is don't go pushing memes, pull them from somewhere and ask these people if you can share what they're doing and give them credit for it because they worked hard on something about their team. Uh Use at, that rally yeah. at Rally Cap Yeah. Rally Rally Cap. Underscore Rally Cap uh that's where we're at with that and then we have
0: have a little bit of a time warp you want to take this one yeah so this is peter gammon's he put out a piece toronto building a new culture he talks about you know moving from atkins or beast into atkins and shapiro and at some point he starts lifting off these things that they're going to need to do to compete things like do they need dave and travis to be healthy and hit 310 to 330 as john even thinks he can he says yes can justin smoke and steve pierce produce they think so but the first one he lists <laughs> did they need michael saunders to produce of course <laughs> it is very important that michael saunders does well for the phillies if the jays want to succeed in the american league east no no it's like we
1: we originally came up with the do-over with the idea of people just sort of flubbing a line and misspeaking how do you flub that in print because <laughs> he's so old and
0: it's news an for song, he just doesn't care it's like uh 2016
1: 2017 uh that copy paste will get you every time when you're doing series previews <laughs> you cannot copy paste last year's series preview uh without very careful attention to detail
0: <laughs> it's funny because he talks about Kendris Morales and that they didn't re-sign Edwin,
1: but Michael Saunders is still on the team. <laughs> I feel bad that Michael Saunders didn't even show up on Peter's radar when he signed a contract elsewhere. Ah, uh, Baseball's a tough business, so Peter, we're giving you a chance to come on the podcast and, um, and bring your copy of the current 40-man Blue Jays roster with you next time <laughs> you do a season preview. I that think it's fair. fair. Yeah, it's fair. Oh, my goodness. Um, We have taken up lots of time talking about lots of things, but I do give you the opportunity, sir, uh, for a final thought.
0: Why, thank you, Greg. So we talked about the World Baseball Classic and some of the fun things that we saw there. One of the things we didn't see because he had minor injury was Japanese player Shohei Otani. Cannot wait for this guy to come to the major leagues. The pitcher who could be the best pitcher in the game, who also hits absolute bombs. And it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) He was named the All League DH for the Japanese Professional Leagues last year. A pitcher. In the MPB. Yeah, a pitcher. He was was first team pitcher and first team designated hitter. And there's a tweet, which I'm going to put in the podcast post, so go check it out, of an absolute monster home run that he hit yesterday in the Japanese spring training. (laughs) Oh, it is an
1: amazing thing. <clears throat> uh, my final thought is just going to be a, a callback a, a couple of weeks ago, really three weeks ago, I talked to you and Chris about the the hand signal for the four-pitch automatic intentional walk. And you two were tepid at best. I had to really drag you into that, that it would be something, you know, four fingers, that's it, thank you very much. There was an entire article, I believe it was Jason Stark, uh, who talked to like five different managers around the league, including John Gibbons, about the four pitch walk gesture, and they all had a wacky and or unusual answer. So thank you very much. I am vindicated.
0: <laughs> hey, once I understood the question properly, we, <laughs> I, I, th- I think I said just like a moonwalk or something. I think that's okay.
1: All right. Fair enough. Oh, my goodness. So I-, I failed to mention off the top of the podcast, but I will mention it here. We have a Patreon. It is uh, www.patreon.com slash TurfPod. If you like what we do and you would like to uh, give us an opportunity to make the podcast better with some extra bonuses, prizes, etc., etc., we could use your help. Slide on over to Patreon, check it out and see what you could be helping us achieve. If not, if you'd like to continue listening for free, that's awesome as well. We always enjoy your questions. And uh, as usual, you can submit trivia questions for Josh right to me, but hasn't happened yet, but I'm, I'm optimistic this week. So it comes to the point where I say, You have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem, and I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead 2010. And our guest this week was Jake from Bird's Eye View Baltimore at Bird's Eye View B A L. And this was Artificial Turf Wars episode number 48. And we will see you next week.